<laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Stay tuned because this is a hard Harry reminding you to eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework in the dark. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening or good morning as the case may be across all these many time zones. And welcome to another edition of Coast to Coast AM, live talk radio throughout the nighttime. It's good to be here. Um, we're going to do something a little different. The shores of El Pacifico, Bill Hendry. Welcome back here to the world-famous Phil Henry Show every night till 1 o'clock on the West Coast and 4 a.m. on the East Coast, a news talk and entertainment show that knows what it's talking about. Truth is our bitch, and we go through the looking glass and beyond to take you places no one else dare. Columbia Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air. Americans, the how and the why of our beloved republic are so much better known and understood than the who. The United States of America was born in 1776, but it was conceived 169 years before that. Season 2, Episode 0, The Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. On this special Episode 0, introduction to the new season of the podcast, I'm excited to sit down again with my friend Joe Limbaugh, co-host of the Fanatics of Film YouTube channel, which I highly recommend you guys check out and subscribe if you haven't. Outside of that, he's a wizard when it comes to geekdom. I'm really excited. we got a lot to catch up on since the last time he's been on. And without further ado, Joe, it's been a long time. November we sat down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I'm excited to have you back. We do have a lot to talk about, as a I lot. mentioned. Uh, as far as fandom and geekdom goes, I know yeah, you have yeah. something you want to say about fandom. Yeah, probably. yeah, but, no, uh, yeah. There's, just a, there's been a lot that's happened since last time I was on uh, as far as uh, uh, the film and the television and, and stuff like that. Um, Kind of a weird shift in uh, pop culture now that uh, superhero movies have become more mainstream and comic book characters have become extremely more mainstream. Extremely popular. Extremely popular. Uh, Huge fan base. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, I've noticed that there's a lot of uh, intense fandom out there that's uh, uh, sort intense. of emerged. Yeah. Like, uh, Explain. I like Elaborate to refer to it as terminal intensity. intensity. <laughs> uh, it, it, well... People are passionate about the things that they like, uh, whether it's a film or a video game or, or that culture. A book, an artist. Book, comics, yep, you know, all that whatever. kind of stuff. I am too. But there seems to be this um, personalization that people are putting upon these things as if it's like 
this comic book character represents who I am as a human being. You leave me and Spider-Man out of this. <laughs> Actually, uh, Quiet, I, yeah. I, I'm a fan of the new Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I like the uh, the new Spider-Man. I liked Avengers a lot. Um, Infinity War. Infinity War was, was really good. Yeah. Um, like where Star Wars is concerned, there's a lot of uh, a lot of backlash uh, from these fans that are just so I don't like it. angry <laughs> and so they're extremely angry. volatile. Yeah. Yeah. You can't agree I think the to the internet disagree. has something to do with that. Oh, absolutely, because the internet now gives people uh, uh, a voice, but it's more than just a voice. It's a constant talking and complaining about these things, and it's. I kind of feel like you know, there's a lot of franchises that I like, and there's a lot of movies in those franchises that are disappointing. But I'm not gonna. This is just me personally, and you know, if you don't do this, that's fine. But if I like it, I'll say something about it, and then kind of move on. If I don't like it, I'll say something about it and kind of move on instead yeah. of just dwelling, uh, <laughs> like like people do, like with this Star Wars thing. I mean, it we, started we, with the know, Last Jedi. It yeah. seems. Well, yeah. Then well, the, and, and then the Solo boycott. Yeah. I, I liked both movies. Well, somebody asked me, uh, uh, told me uh, uh, that you know, their boycott was what what hurt that film, and I said I, I don't think so. It may have contributed to it, but it I don't think it probably. did. Yeah. Um, and he said, "Well, you know, what are your theories?" And I said, "Well, I don't have theories. Uh, I got my in information from insider information, Hollywood Insider, Variety magazine." They've been uh, Hollywood Insider magazines since the 1930s, so you know, almost a century. Uh, they're not reliable. Made, they're reliable source, sources. Yeah. They're not made uh, like Entertainment Weekly to sort of hip you to what's happening in TV and stuff. It's more Sell or less you the for movies Insider you buy tickets and merch. And, exactly. Yeah. You can find out fill seats, ticket seats through that magazine, uh, critical essays. Uh, you know, the, that's where people go to Variety when they're trying to get their film. Uh, you know, as an Oscar candidate, you know, for your consideration, they place those ads in Variety. Nice. So that, I did so, not know that. So Variety's got very good insider information, and they attribute uh, the failure of Solo mainly to uh, three factors. The holiday weekend, Memorial Day is notoriously uh, famous for bombs. Bombs. You, yeah. you, for, you know, for every one Avengers, there's going to be ten Tomorrowlands. Uh, and that's not an indictment of whether Tomorrowland was a good or a bad film. I personally enjoyed it, I but seen it yet. bombed most I, I big movies too. Interested in it though? Yeah, it's all about, of course, what you're interested in. But the the second key factor was, uh, I feel like, uh, well, I don't feel like, but they kind of attributed to uh, the poor marketing campaign for Solo. You know, usually a Star Wars movie has at least Tons a teaser six to seven months yeah. before the movie comes out. They didn't launch their campaign until March or February. Yeah. To the middle of February. And it dropped in May. Like, what? And then, uh, thirdly, it was too much competition from Avengers, which had opened up three weeks earlier, yeah, and Deadpool, funny. which Disney was the week before. competing with itself. Yeah. And then an additional, very popular, very mainstream comic book character. Yeah. yeah. Not only that... Not a good time to ironically, put a new Star Wars movie. <laughs> no. I, ironically, Disney moved Solo from December to May... Because they didn't want it to compete with their new Mary Poppins film. I think it probably would have blown Mary Poppins out of the water. Yeah, well, if anything, it would have been a good contender. It probably would have made more money. And, and and my friend disagreed with me and said, well, that's, you know, your theory doesn't hold water. And I'm like, well, first of all, I hate that arrogant term. Your theory doesn't <laughs> hold water. I'm not talking about the assassination. I'm not familiar with JFK. that term, and I immediately dislike it. 
<laughs> all I'm saying is, first of all, it's not a theory, because uh, I didn't just formulate this or, or get it from other people on the internet speculating. Yeah. I got this from insider information. Um, but, uh, you know, he said, but, but you know, Star Wars films do well during the Christmas holiday. Well, Christmas holiday and Memorial Day holiday are two different holidays. Yeah. Memorial Day is like the third most vacation holiday after Christmas and the 4th of July weekend or 4th yeah, of a, July holiday. first chance in the summer to get out. Exactly. Weather. More people are going, like Travel, in Christmas, camp, people hike. aren't going down to the Grand Canyon. They're not going no. camping at Bear Lake. or. And if know, anything, families are getting together around Christmas. To go and see movies. I've gone to see movies with my family sure. around the holidays. I have too. Everybody's hanging out. Exactly. So, and so especially it's a Star Wars different. movie, the new Star Wars, let's go. Yeah. It's Christmas, we're all exactly. here, let's go. We're in May. <laughs> now that weekend, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of stiff competition for people going out of town and right. doing people things. staying home because their ACs on and they yeah. got barbecues. <laughs> yeah, and he says, but that you know, but real Star Wars fans would go see the movie. And I said, well, you're right. The real Star Wars fans did go see the movie. They didn't boycott it. They went and saw yeah. the movie. Uh, I mean, if you were married and you had kids and you had a Disneyland vacation planned, you're not going to set that aside to go see a flipping <laughs> movie. Right. I don't care how big of a Star Wars fan you are. If you, you would have just see a family, it at a theater near the theme park yeah, and take the family. Eventually, but it might not be opening weekend. I mean, you've got obligations, so you know you can't really say that because you're single and a Star Wars fan that everybody else would do the same thing. But, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not the biggest bomb in Star Wars history, though. I mean, the Clone Wars animated movie didn't make squat. Nobody went and saw well, was that, that except for the movie. We mentioned that except for the last real time fans. we sat down. Yeah, it didn't I'm a real work. Fan. As... I didn't appreciate the movie, but yeah. the, the actual animated series was great. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Is as a movie, it doesn't work, but as the pilot to an ongoing series, it works. Yeah, that's um, a great launching pad. By the way, did you hear that Clone Wars is coming back? I did hear that. Yeah. That's, there's yeah. quite a few Comic Con things I think we should mention. Oh yeah. But while we're on Solo, what did you think of Solo? Actually, I really, I'll be honest with you. I think that Rogue One and Solo are the best Star Wars movies I've seen since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And the reason why is because I feel like episodes 1, 2, and 3, and 7, and 8, uh, while I enjoy them, I don't hate any of them. I like some more than others. You know, I prefer Attack of the Clones <laughs> to Phantom Menace. But I enjoy them all for what they are, but they're not, they're never going to be the original three. They just no, can't be. they can't. Those three I movies, don't want it to be. No, those three movies came out at a time when visual effects, they pushed the boundaries of visual effects and modeling effects and and uh, map paintings and, and rear projection and front screen projection and all that. Very uh, hands-on, cool special yeah, effects. Very, very. Um, and they took a, a pop culture type of, of B-movie kind of story, uh, space opera, and they blew it up to the big screen at this big grand level. And nobody had ever seen it done bef like that before. So it really changed things. But by the time Phantom Menace came out, there were already three dozen other clones of Star Wars out there. Right, but and, you, and you had motion pictures using CGI. Yeah. Visually, the, it didn't do. It yeah. didn't change the game the way that the original three did. And I think they tried. The movies look sure, good. They the did. graphics are great. They but do. it wasn't anything new and impressive. No, when Star Wars came before. out, they set the standard. When when the prequel trilogy came out, that's they were a part of the standard at that point. Do you think, while we're on the topic of <clears throat> the prequels, that... Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord, and he was really <laughs> Palpatine's apprentice, and he was supposed to be the main villain. I think that's an interesting theory. I think Jar Jar Binks was a toy sold to children. He was a ridiculous, <laughs> was a ridiculous mutated toy. Ewok. 
you know, the kids, and yeah. that's fine. But sure. But it, you know, background character. Doesn't I'll tell you this much. Character. <laughs> I can't watch the Clone Wars episodes that he's in, especially the one where he becomes a Jedi for a moment, where he pretends he, to be a Jedi. That's a I'm horrible like, spoiler. No. no. And my bad. Well, you'll but never I don't need watch to see those it. episodes. You'll never need to see it. But now I know. And that but, but that almost proves if he could be a Jedi, maybe he was a Sith. He could have been. <laughs> hey, hey, he got Palpatine into power, so he, he you know, <laughs> I, I think definitely think there's a problem there, but. Um, did you watch Rebels at all? Were you a fan of Rebels? I had a very hard time finding it available to stream because <sighs> I don't have Disney XD. Well, I have them on so Blu-ray. I will borrow them. those from you. But I, from I'm what I have seen, I think I saw the pilot in the second episode. I like them. Uh, it takes and then every trailer for, for every the new season. Season. I like how it takes place just <laughs> shortly before the original trilogy. So. Because I liked the Clone Wars, but after a while, I got tired of the Clone Wars. I got tired of the prequel universe. I wanted to get back to Tie Fighters right. and the Death Star, which Rebels and the Empire introduces and, in there. Probably. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, they're right up there. Well, James Earl Jones comes back several times as Vader. Sweet. Um, they have. Um, I won't give too many spoilers away, but it has links to Clone Wars. There are lots of characters, characters in Clone Wars from Clone Wars that carry on. Yep. Uh, uh, and some of those Menace. characters are also in. Rogue One. Yes. At least one that I can think of, Saul Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, Saul Guerrero continued from the Clone Wars uh, through Rebels into Rogue One. In fact, the ship, the main ship from Rogue One, the Ghost, as well as their android chopper, their droid chopper, they're in Rogue One. So that's cool. They're on the, the Rebel oh, yeah, base on Yavin. On the ba- but then they're actually they're in the attack as well. Sat down, yeah. uh, and then uh, Billy Dee Williams comes back a few times as uh, Lando. Uh, I believe he's been confirmed to reprise. That's what I was hearing. Episode yeah, I, it's about time. I, he's yeah. kind of a missing ingredient for me. I was, I was honestly, that was one thing with Episode Eight where I was like, where? Still, where's Lando? Lando? Yeah, especially I, with Solo coming up. Yeah, you're not gonna have. Lando in there? That's perfect. I, you know, personally, I liked Ryan The Johnson, Last Jedi. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Shakes The Last angry Jedi. Fist. <laughs> you can't see this, but his fist is right in my face, shaking angrily. Sit down over there. Um, no, I like The Last Jedi. I, I understand why, why it's polarizing and the fact that people wanted it to be about Luke and Leia and Han, but, you know, I look at it from the point of view, and this is how I went going in, is that they had their story arc. They had their trilogy. Right. Passing just like the torch. it's passing the torch, yeah. just like if you were to watch it, if you were to grow up with with the prequel trilogy, you were too young for the original trilogy, so you start with the prequels. You wouldn't get mad that Obi Wan dies in A New Hope, yeah. and that Yoda is only a minor character in the, the 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 original trilogy. You wouldn't get mad watching him chronologically going. They didn't explain Palpatine, yeah. like you know nobody. What do you mean you're killing Han? This yeah. is only his fourth movie. <laughs> I mean, all the things that people got upset about, like they didn't give Snoke enough backstory, but they didn't give the Emperor any backstory until the prequels. No, uh, and even that, you unless you do delve into the novels, and not the novels of the main films necessarily, but canon of those, there's not a whole lot of background on the Emperor. Well, every novel that no. came out before Disney acquired Lucasfilm is now non-canon. It's been nerfed, it's legend. Yeah. Star Wars legend, yeah. and now we have actual canon. Well, and I don't know how canon so. they really are, because I feel like if a filmmaker uh, is working on a script and it happens to contradict elements of a book, I know that they have a story group that tries to keep continuity, but the studio will always back with the director and say, well, this is how we're doing it. That book's right. no longer canon, because 
it's a film series more than it's. I mean, the books came later, the yeah. comics came later, the television shows came later. Which is first fair. and foremost, it's a it's a film series. So if you never see uh, um, Forces of Destiny animated web series for little kids, or nope. Rebels, or the Clone Wars, kind or yes. any of that stuff, or read any of the books, you can still be a fan. You can still be a fan and only like the original three and not care about it. How many people like me do that with Marvel? Right, because I like comics. Yeah, I don't. I don't collect comics anywhere near as the volumes you do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or in many of my friends. Yeah, it, it's the Fox animated shows that got me into comics. Yes, and my dad turned me into Batman, uh, sixty six, hmm. and watching black and white. Nice TV of Batman and Robin. And yeah. and all that got my interest going, and then these cartoons were on. I'm like, yeah, fucking X Men, Spider Man. Yeah. I knew from being a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, Batman the Animated Series, phenomenal. Classic. classic I restarted series. that recently, and I really think that series was a huge motivation behind Nolan's oh, Dark I think Knight so. trilogy. There's I, so many elements that jive from those two. I heard that that's getting... Well, I haven't heard. I've seen the Blu-ray collector's edition that includes Batman Animated and Batman Beyond. It's like a $250 collection or something like that. It'd be worth picking up on Blu-ray. I, I just, I'll have to wait and just get them individually because it's <laughs> limited edition, so I won't be able to pick that up. But, um, I mean, I don't think you need to read the Star Wars books to consider yourself a real fan any more than I think you need to read the Marvel and DC comics of Deadpool or the X-Men or Batman or whatever to say you're a fan of those characters. You can only Agreed. watch the cartoons and the movies or just play the video games and still be a fan. Yeah. But it's this level that I, the people, this intensity, uh, going back to uh, the, the intense fandom. Terminally. Terminally intense fandom. Intense fandom. It's like it. these fans, Terminally intense because fandom. they've uh, <laughs> invested so much time and energy into to reading the comics and then seeing the movies and stuff, they feel a sort of proprietary uh, ownership of these characters and it's like dude they're not making them just for you or one group of people yeah. they're trying to get them out there for everybody without any knowledge they of the comic books they can't make more if a bunch of people don't pay money to go see this and yeah. take something away for them it's yeah. for all of us <laughs> and by the way for those who did boycott Solo simply because you were butthurt over The Last Jedi all I can say is one you 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 can't say anybody's not a real fan uh, uh, because I think people who are real fans went and saw it. Right. Uh, they're the ones who paid the money to see it. Secondly, um, you missed out on a good, fun movie. You just hurt yourself, nobody like else. That's what I think I, I told uh, Kane, that a friend of mine, brother, after I talked to, sorry, after I saw it yeah. and talked to him, he's like, what did you think? I said, I didn't love it, I didn't hate it, but it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's all I expect. Well done. It's all the I expect. The actor that plays Young Han kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. Chewie. Lando. Chewie. Lando was great. Lando was great, but I, I thought they didn't use him enough. No. Utilize him enough. No, but, but it just really fact, wasn't. He's there. You know how they yeah. met. Why he exactly. calls him Han? Yeah. Instead of Han. Han. <laughs> yeah. Or vice versa, whatever. So I get. Yeah. yeah. No, I get. A, I, I, I got a kick out of it. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was a lot of fun. It's, the cast was good. So now we have an official motion yeah. picture of the backstory of. These two heroes we all grew up with. Yeah. Love. What's so terrible about it? It wasn't necessary. Neither was Rogue One, but neither were sequels and prequels. But it doesn't matter. We wanted yeah. more Star Wars, so this is what we've got, and we just gotta have to roll with it. And for everybody complaining that, oh, Yoda wasn't the same Yoda, and I didn't feel it was like the he exact was real Yoda. Well, not the exact He's same. He's the Yoda that replica. Luke knows. He was a full replica of the Frank Oz puppet mm -hmm. 
from Empire Strikes Back. Well, I mean specifically the people were like his personality, like that's no, not the real, like, that's not really Yoda. Well, how are you going to be in the afterlife? When you well, see, when you go from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf yeah. the White, <laughs> your perspectives are going to fucking change a little bit. Well, but the Yoda that we got in the prequels wasn't the same Yoda that we had in the original trilogy, right? No, and they even changed him. Yeah. So he's more serious in the CGI prequels. He was in the prequels when they came to yeah. DVD, and they were replace the puppet Yoda they use in Phantom Menace with yeah. the CGI Yoda they use in Attack of the Clones and thank fucking God he did that. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I, puppet I, was, I puppet was terrible. Puppet was terrible but at the same time I, I kind of feel like they should have just uh, reused like I kind of wish that they had just had a better puppet and, and only used the CG for his fight scenes because it is a little inconsistent when for two movies he's completely CG and then everything else with Yoda he's a puppet. You yeah. Know? But it's they're arguing about his personality uh, with Luke in Last Jedi, and I'm like, but that's how Luke knows him. Luke doesn't know the serious Yoda, the new Anakin. You know, like if we're really gonna wax philosophically about <laughs> Star Wars, I mean, let's face it, Star Wars has always been a huge, huge um, franchise. It's never had to build an audience like Star Trek or Doctor Who, or Red Dwarf, or any of these other culty stuff. It's it's always been popular. It's always been popular. It, it Exactly. Everybody loves it. It's never it. been a subculture thing. Like no, Star Trek. not exactly. Or so when they defend, I, feel, genre, like, I yeah. feel like, wait a minute, you just need to relax, dude. You're not... It's not like you were made fun of in school for being a Trekkie or a Trekker, however they... I, I'm a Trekkie, so... Were however you? you want to be called, like, I like I would be picked on a little bit for that. But I was also picked on for reading comic books that a lot of the people that used to pick on me for reading those comic books are now going to see these movies and loving it, you know? Um, and even if they aren't going and loving it, they're having to take their kids yeah. to it and suffer through it. <laughs> yeah. So either way, it's a good fuck you. I guess I guess I just don't uh, I just don't take it so personally. Uh, I mean, I also said, you know, it's just a movie and somebody told me, well, if I have to hear one more person say that, it's like, but what else is it? I mean, I it's get that you take it to heart, but at the end of the day, it's a movie. Yeah. It doesn't tuck you into bed at night. It doesn't give you a handy. It doesn't like you're, you're having a bad day. Here's a beer. You can't tell it your deepest, oh, darkest Buzz, secrets. What's wrong? What's it's up? A, well, you Star Wars, you know, I was just wondering, Star Wars, if you wouldn't mind, just, I need a shoulder to cry. No, it's a fucking movie, man. At the end of the day, my arm's covered with Doctor Who stuff, man. But at the end of the day, it's still just a show. The Doctor isn't real. Like, the philosophies are interesting. Yeah. But it's still a television show. Like... I feel like this, uh, where you can't talk to people anymore about this because you're not a real fan, don't talk to me kind of stuff, just gets on my nerves, man. <laughs> and continually talking about it, like, we need to fire Kathleen people, Kennedy and J.J. Uh, Abrams and Rain Johnson, blah, blah, blah. You know, they want to fire Kennedy, them all. I don't know. Who knows really what's going on down there? You know as well as I do. You Who can't put it all on her. She's a J.J. Abrams did a great job. Sure. Force Awakens. I think we both agreed. It, yeah, there were elements that were really. It was good. derivative it was of, of a new derivative hope. Of new hope. I enjoyed it. You know, but I still liked I it. I didn't flip out over I it like I did. Rogue go One. Ship when the J.J. Abrams lens flare popped up. I yeah. thought it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, the thing is with Kathleen Kennedy, though. I mean, she's. It's. This isn't her vision. She's not the sole creator of everything that's happening in Star Wars. Right. She's a producer. But look at all the films that she's worked on over the years that she's been a producer of. Back to the Future, Jurassic Excellent. Park, the, you know, the Indiana Jurassic Jones, Park, yeah. well, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> like, I mean, she's worked with Spielberg 
for and most Lucas. of his career, yeah. and Lucas. And for the majority of both of their careers. <laughs> a lot of the movies in her catalog that uh, that she's produced are some of the biggest, most beloved movies to ever come out of Hollywood. So to, God, to hate on her specifically, so what if she's putting a little bit more uh, feminine feminism in it? I don't have a problem with there being more than one strong female a, a trilogy because in the original no. it's just Leia and the prequels it's just Padme. an issue with that on any level whatsoever. No. Or that the, they're deciding to put more than one black guy in the Star Wars universe. I got no beef with that. Okay. Make, make sense how big the universe exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so those little arguments and like you know there's this feminist agenda and social justice warrior. I don't, I don't think that at all. I think what they realize is that Star Wars Girls like Star Wars too, not yeah. just boys. Well, so it, it can be bigger and better mm-hmm. than it was. It's not. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be monetarial. Sure. People need to make money. Yeah. To keep making these things, etc. But, and again, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier. You have to give the whole audience something to take away from it. Yeah, I agree. It can't be just one particular fan base. Yep. If there's a hundred thousand of you that think. Han Solo should not have met Chewbacca the way he did in Solo. Well, I'm sorry, it's canon. Now there it is. The way it it happened. (laughs) And the thing is, too, is people have to remember that first and foremost, Star Wars is they're they're kids' movies. I mean, yeah, the new ones have PG-13 ratings, and they're more family oriented, but they were never aimed to be. Lucas didn't intend for guys our age to be loving this stuff. Middle aged (laughs) dudes, not living. Well, you're not quite there. I'm I'm almost there. Yeah, they didn't expect us to be. (laughs) They didn't expect us to be all all about this. So we could probably just have an entire episode about Star Wars. Mm. Well, I I will just say this before we move on. I will just say this. Uh, You know, it is easy to latch onto these things that we've grown up with. You know, because when you're young and you're more impressionable, they they're bigger than life. They become part of your identity. They're part of you. Yeah. And you grow up, and you you know, you kind of hate to see them tainted. It's like I didn't see the new Ghostbusters, and I still haven't seen the new Ghostbusters. And it's not. (laughs) It's not because I have a problem with their being uh, all women. That doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. In fact, all of them but McCarthy, I think, are funny. Like I'm not a much of a fan of Melissa McCarthy, but I like everybody else that's on SNL. I think they're great. SNL's always um, good. I'm not I'm not overly familiar with SNL comic after Jimmy Fallon. Oh, really? That's okay. about it. So you weren't familiar with Kate McKinnon and, and some of the newer people? No. Uh, so I didn't see it because they chose to reboot it instead of make it uh, part of the franchise. And I felt, well, some movies don't need a reboot. Some don't really even need a sequel. The only reason why I love Ghostbusters 2 is because even though it's pretty much the same story as the first movie. I just love the characters and their interaction, those actors playing off each other are a hell of a lot of fun, right? If they had gone with the original premise that this new Ghostbusters movie was going to be a passing of the torch, I would have been still leery because I'm leery of sequels, I'm leery of remakes, yeah, but, but it, I would have been like, I'd well, be more interested. I'll go see it to yeah. see the five minutes of Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett and the five minutes of Bill Murray as... Peter Venkman and the five minutes of Dan Aykroyd is is really wanted to do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just to see them pass it on, and I would be fine with that. And uh, I think that probably would have been a better choice for that film because Sony's backed out of doing any sequels to it because it it underperformed. Uh, It did well financially, but it it still kind of underperformed uh, based on the. I mean, it made a lot of money, but but not as much kind of to barely break even to what they put into it. But, <laughs> Not enough to make But a lot of people told me that I was sexist because I went and saw that, and I thought, well, you know, 
I'm not going to see the remake of Ben-Hur. It doesn't mean I'm anti-Semitic. I have the four-hour original film with, <laughs> with, with Chuck Heston, the whitest Gentile ever to play a Jewish guy. But I love it because it's one of the greatest Hollywood epic films of that era when they were making great Hollywood Huge epics. Huge motion picture. That's what really put epics. the film industry on the map. Yeah. That's what was, what and was I didn't good care to see this remake that looked like a lot of CGI, a lot of shaky cam, and a lot of, you know... Simple humor. Yeah. Get people in seats. This looks really cool. It's really funny, which it probably does and is. I, I think I actually put it on one night and either fell right asleep or just turned it off. I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> well, I tried like I tried to watch the new Magnificent Seven. I didn't see it in the theater, but when it came out on Blu-ray, I, I, still I tried to, see, to see it. I couldn't get was into it, it, and no, I didn't enjoy it. It was too. It's kind of like the Robert Downey Sherlock Holmes movies, right? It's like this 21st century okay. attitude, but in the 19th century, and it just doesn't doesn't. Work I, I for feel me. works for Downey's Sherlock series. Kind of. I That's think the BBC Fox, Sherlock right? series yeah. is better. Guy Ritchie? Yeah. Guy Ritchie, that's it. But the thing is, with uh, this Magnificent Seven, I, I just I had a hard time getting into it. And, you know, nobody accused me of being racist because I didn't care for it. Because it's a diverse group. And we're in the original movie, it's okay. a bunch of white dudes, right? Yeah. But I like the original movie because it is a classic, but I prefer the original, original Yojimbo, the Akira Kurosawa Japanese <laughs> samurai film, which. You're talking out of my element. No, Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai. Kira Kurosawa's four-hour masterpiece, The Seven Samurai. John Sturgis remade in 1960 as uh, The Magnificent Seven. And it's kind of full circle because Kira Kurosawa was a Japanese filmmaker, but he didn't tell stories in the traditional Japanese way. He was influenced by Western well, Westerns, films. Yeah. And by Western films in particular, films by John Ford and things like that. So he took that uh, sort of... Like, um, yeah, almost... Chinese spaghetti westerns? Yeah, like a little... Well, they would, it would almost be like a sukiyaki western, only nice. that... Uh, only it's set in feudal Japan, you know? Because um, there are sukiyaki westerns. Like, there's the Korean film Sukiyaki Western Django. It's got Quentin Tarantino in it. And it is a bunch of Korean actors speaking in really broken English. <laughs> Some you can understand, uh, but it is essentially like as if the wild west existed in korea during the same time it existed in yeah, the united states so good the bad so it's and yeah the ugly exactly yeah. uh korea. but it but it's really <laughs> awesome and it works so the seven samurai is this magnificent film that uh, uh even kurosawa actually appreciated the 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 magnificent seven which is kind of a streamlined two-hour film he was so impressed with it that he actually sent the director uh the sword that the character that uh Toshiro Mifune used in the movie. Character, right. You send him that sword as a gift, as a compliment, saying, you know, you flatter me. And to keep this movie. or to use in the to movie? Keep. To, to keep. To keep? Yeah. It's my gift to bitch. you. I know. It's amazing. So I didn't see that there was if any point in the If a man ever surrenders his samurai sword to you, yeah, that is a friend for life. Yeah, that is a high compliment. <laughs> but see, I just didn't... Some films are just so classic to me. There's like, a lot of films I want to watch, and whether it's a remake or it's new... I. Sometimes you just don't get around to watching them yeah. as much as oh, yeah. you want to. And some but, don't need to be remade. If they ever yeah. remade Casablanca, I would never go and see it. Because if they remake Back never... to the Future, I will be very Yeah, I would easy. not go and see that. No, absolutely not. They, they can't <laughs> recapture that same magical feel. And that's where Hollywood's kind of failing us, I think, is they're so dependent now on corporate-based and corporate-owned franchises, built-in audiences based on the fandom of this title, right. that... Um, 
instead of looking at new material or, or, or you know, like Marvel's doing good and in in a way DC too by going, well, we've never this seen we've never seen a Doctor Strange movie. Let's do a Doctor Strange movie. We've never seen an Ant, Ant- Man movie. We'll yep. we'll make an Ant Man movie. Ant Man of the Wasp was awesome you know? as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was really good. Uh, uh, Avengers was really good. Um, I didn't care for Deadpool, but I'm not a Deadpool fan. I haven't seen it yet. Eh, it's a lot of fart and dick jokes, you know. Yeah, what sounds do you like expect? the first one. So I'm going to drink more beers than usual. Yeah. About average, and I'm going to go see. I saw it, but so I didn't watch it. it at home, and I'm I'm going to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's there were some there were some funny moments. There were. Time's winding down, friends. The witching hour is almost upon us. I can't tell you how much I'll miss our night rides together. When I push back from this mic and get out of the old chair with a broken seat. That's when the sadness starts. The moon is full tonight, and the silence is rich. Comic-Con, yeah. There's a lot that happened at Comic-Con this year. We had a lot of stuff come up in Comic-Con. We've been kind of hashing out everything that came out between you being on the podcast before. Some really deep and emotional feelings with some of that (laughs) came with us, but we got through it. Uh, But it's all good. But, I mean, honestly, even leading up to Deadpool 2, which I still haven't seen, Comic-Con. Yeah. What, what, you have one biggest takeaway. For me, it was the Glass trailer. Oh, my God, yeah. What was yours? <laughs> uh, well, the, the new trailer for Doctor Who, uh, gearing up for the 11th season. I'm so excited. That's my show of shows and has been since I was 16, and I'm just still obsessed with it, and that's never going to change, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the show, and I, I hope they keep it fresh and exciting. So that trailer was really exciting for me. Um, I was I was kind of on the fence on Titans coming from the DC streaming service. Yeah, I saw that. I did appreciate the the tagline at the end of the trailer. Where's Batman? <laughs> Fuck oh, Batman. Batman. <laughs> you know, I gotta say though, it's it's like. Teen Titans Go is really silly, so Teen Titans has to be really dark and gritty, and I just, it just kind of makes me laugh, because every time Robin's trying to be a tough guy in that trailer, walking on a guy's face, slicing his neck open with the Batarang, saying, fuck Batman, <laughs> I just want to be like, dude, you're so adorable, you're so cute. you think you're so tough, pinch his cheeks. Who's a little acrobat? The Who's costume looks acrobat? good. In fact, I think everybody looks good. the cinematography looks good. I mean, most of the time, that even in the DC... EU or it yeah. seemed like they were DC's trying to kind of rebrand their movie cinema. Well, they're different universe. than Marvel as far they're as they're doing it different, but it seems like they're trying to rebrand it to include the multiverse of DC. Yeah, they are. So that way they can justify having Krypton on sci-fi, and it, Gotham on Fox. Yeah, and, and it may be you know. a good thing. I don't think so. Think? I, I think that, that they're so big. Well, I people think- going to get lost. No, not so much. It's just not in, it's not inclusive where the Marvel shows are because right now, like Cloak and Dagger is almost done with this first season. I still need to. And they've already tied that in to Luke yet. Cage, and it's on Freeform, and Luke Cage is on Netflix. But Cloak and Dagger is actually as good as any of the Netflix series. Nice. The, all the Netflix series are, are just fantastic. We didn't get anything from those this Comic Con. Oh yeah, Iron Fist season two trailer. What? It comes out in September. It eluded me. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Because uh, because Iron Fist was in a, an episode of Luke Cage, and they kind of right. vaguely hinted at Heroes for Hire, which is what they became in the comic books. And the books. Defenders came on Netflix. Yeah. Kind of mirroring that. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see. I'm hoping Luke Cage will be on the second season of Iron Fist, uh, although he wasn't in the cast list that I read. But who knows? 
Uh, I know Misty Knight's going to be in it, and one of the characters from Cloak and Dagger uh, mentioned Misty. And she's like my, you know, she's nice. a police officer that transferred to New Orleans where Cloak and Dagger takes place. And she's from New York, but she mentioned that she, you know, uh, stories about heroes. And she's like, I got to tell you about my friend. Remind me to tell you about my friend Misty sometime. And I thought, that's cool. <laughs> Here's the thing is Marvel is doing with their film and television shows what they've always done in the comic books by making it a shared universe, it's right? It's continuity, it's right? It's continuity. Yeah, absolutely. It's a shared universe. So uh, that's why you'd buy an issue of Doctor Strange, but Spider-Man would be in it. Oh, makes sense. They're both in New York and they're both Marvel. Why not? DC has done that for just as long. That's the, the the main difference between Marvel and DC and other comic book companies is Marvel and DC create a huge open world for their characters to coexist in. You know, where Image Comics don't exist in the same continuity. You know right. what I mean? Or uh, Dark Horse Comics or Dynamite and Boom and They're IDW. All separate Titan. stories. They're all separate things. Yeah. Maybe some IDW since they mainly publish comic books based on properties like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The X-Files, The There'll Crow. There'll be some cross They'll cross there. those yeah. over, but, uh, and that's all just for shits and giggles, but like, for some reason, DC is going, we can't do our film and televisions like Marvel, when all Marvel's doing is what they've always done in the yeah. comic books. If DC just did what they always have they're done. They're too worried that, oh, people will compare us to Marvel, but they're already comparing you anyway. You can't not be compared. You can't not be compared. You're the, they're yin and yang to each other. They might as well just do the same thing and I think, because I think that would be great to know that Krypton is actually the prequel to Man of Steel, and Gotham is actually the prequel to Ben Affleck's Batman. And, and that's how it that should would be. be. Great continuity. And that's yeah. I think that's where DC it wasn't easy to lose me, but that's kind of where they they lost me. Yeah. And I finally watched Justice League, and I'm. It's disappointing. It's not the yeah. Justice League movie that I would have wanted. Uh, again, but I didn't at least hate it. I guess at least we got. A Justice League movie? Well, the camaraderie between the cast was good. It's just Steppenwolf was an underused and kind of generic villain. and uh, I didn't appreciate the character's design at all. Yeah, no. Like, Steppenwolf did not look like the Jack Kirby creation. No, Jack Kirby, not. when he left Marvel for DC, for briefly, he created that character as well as Darkseid and, and Mr. Miracle and the whole fourth world story of the new gods and Darkseid and... And I thought Steppenwolf just, yeah, he didn't retain that, what what I feel is his iconic look. They're doing that to Shazam, too. Like, they've given Shazam... And that's the, a uh, Comic-Con trailer. The new Comic-Con trailer. Shazam. They gave Shazam yeah. the new, the current costume that he had since the DC New 52 reboot back in 2008. And I hate that costume. Yeah. Uh, well, that That's not a reason to hate the movie, but I mean, just from the trailer... I, I don't understand why DC just didn't keep that iconic look that he used to... You know, where the jacket buttons up yeah. over on the left, and it's just it's kind of Wasn't a magical Shazam looking... Shazam originally Captain Marvel He is Captain well? Marvel. He Shazam is, is the yeah, word right. that he uses to change... That's the one character that shares a name between I can break, and Marvel, I, and but it's not the same Not character. at all. But I can break that down for you <laughs> super quick uh, on, on why that is, because we're also going to be getting a Captain Marvel movie from Marvel that'll tie into the Avengers. And, yep. Yeah, so, Brie uh, Larson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. If you've ever seen Overly the movie Free Fire, oh, she's so good in that. I movie. haven't seen Free Fire, but it's just a really good movie. Getting excited for Captain Marvel yeah. to drop. So just to understand why there's these two characters, and I don't even know if if it, it. Well, I'll get into that in a second. So Captain Marvel, what we now call Shazam, was created by a company called Fawcett Comics in the 1940s. That's right. It's too similar to DC Superman, so they sued. And Fawcett was forced, after a lengthy battle, 
uh, I think about four year years, run. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They were forced to cancel publication. And then in the 1960s, DC purchased the rights to that character. But no, no, no. The character wasn't in publication. <laughs> Marvel purchased the trademark to the name Captain Marvel for their own original character that was introduced in 67, who became the original Captain Marvel, or just Marvel, right. who was a Kree warrior. Uh, and then in the 80s... Jude Law's playing him and Captain Marvel he? coming up, I Sweet. believe. Yeah. Uh, in the 80s, DC purchased the actual right to the character of Captain Marvel Shazam from Fawcett or whoever owned the, the rights. <laughs> but they couldn't call it Captain Marvel because Marvel now had the trademark right. for the for the name Captain Marvel. So they have to call the comic Shazam or Power of Shazam or whatever. And But within the comic or the animated series or the movie or whatever, they can refer to him as Captain Marvel. They just can't advertise it as that. However, since DC did their umpteenth freaking reboot, <laughs> uh, I mean, they had one in, in 2008. Now they had Batman another one. Reboot. He's called... Uh, I, they now just refer to him as Shazam, so they'll probably won't even refer to him as Captain Marvel. So I don't think they can. It'll just be Shazam at this point. Yeah. And that that really kind of is annoying. I'm not a fan of Zachary Levi, so I, it didn't give me anything. Who's playing? Who's playing the Sh- Shazam? Shazam character because it's split yeah. between him and the kid. Yeah, Billy Batson's the kid who says the word Shazam and then turns. It into looks Shazam. like kind of hokey, funny. Yeah, they're definitely going for a lighthearted approach, movie, but whatever. I'll see it because I'm. I if actually, he shows up in the. The second or third horrible Justice League movie, I'll be overly disappointed, though. <laughs> See, I won't. He's been a member of Justice League many times. I know that. That's and I'm a huge DC yeah. fan. So I've got stacks. It's not for me. It's for the masses. I I've got stacks of Captain Mar- or Shazam comics. I've got the 1970s live action series and the 1970s animated series. I loved him when he'd pop up on Justice League Unlimited and Batman Brave and the Bold. Like, I love Shazam. <laughs> I am going to see this movie because I love Shazam, but I'm not expecting it to be good. I'm confident I'll see it at some point because it is a comic book movie yeah. and I'm drawn to that genre. Well, they're keeping the origin fairly fairly similar. The origin of him uh, being on the subway, going into the cave, uh, you know, in the underground tunnels and meeting the wizard Shazam who yeah. endows the powers on Because Shazam, his name is actually an act. An well, creepy because doesn't in the trailer, doesn't he say, say my name? Yeah. And I, I almost <laughs> went Heisenberg, but, you know, yeah. You're goddamn right. <laughs> you're god- that would have been awesome if he'd said Shazam and then you're, you're goddamn, goddamn right. right. And then boom, explosion, and he becomes the hero. I always like that idea that you're, you're a kid and you could just say this magical word that would turn you into the world's strongest mortal. You know? As an adult, you can fly, sure. you That'd can do bitching. almost everything Superman can do, but you're magical, not an alien from another planet. Like, that's so cool. Uh, I, I'm not expecting greatness from it, but I will say Aquaman, another trailer we got at Comic-Con. We did get that. That looks badass. Uh, it does visually look awesome. I'm a little bit worried about I don't know. Because Wonder Woman was awesome. Under, Man of Wonder Steel Woman was awesome. Great. Man of Steel Director's was good. Cut, Batman vs. Superman was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Like, Man of Steel, I, you know, not to, you know, I like get parts of Man of Steel, too. but... I just I wish Zack Snyder in that movie, the director, would frame a shot instead of just shaking the camera the entire time. That's something that's that missing in scary. modern film. It's really scary. Oh, it's intense, <laughs> like a documentary. I think that's something that's missing in a this lot of these real. modern films. Like these filmmakers should go back and watch some. I've got movies to recommend that you should watch, <laughs> you million-dollar-making filmmakers, to learn how to freaking film a 
you know, a picture, man. It's called the Maison Song. Don't have camera <laughs> angles that go nowhere. Every camera angle should tell its own story and should have a Very beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's because I'm a cinephile. The background, dude. the environment, everything yeah. is should be a part of your story, and that yeah. is a character in itself. I think. Well, it, like in the Avengers. in my excitement, elaborating with my hands at the mic. <laughs> Well, like in The Avengers, it's a good movie, but Joss Whedon's not a great director. There's the scene where they're in the, the floating shield fortress, right? And uh, it's, it's a helicarrier. The helicarrier. <laughs> and they're showing, you know, it's where um, Nick Fury throws out the Captain America cards that were on Phil Coulson. And it's so it's Captain blood, America, like the blood, two yeah. blood drops because that's so it's all Captain America, and it's and it's uh, Bruce Banner, and it's it's. Uh, Iron Man, and every shot on those actors, the camera does the exact same thing. They've got this huge background shot with extras who aren't moving at all, and you've got this giant window <laughs> where you can see what's going on outside, but the clouds are barely even moving. And I feel like it's a visual, a it's a visual medium. So yes, paint that utilize that. You should have those background actors constantly moving around like they're actually working, and you should have. Believe it or not, like every little nuance captures your eye. So even if you're not paying oh, attention to the dialogue, does. you might look at clouds that are racing by, or rain, or snow, or something like that. If you're if you're going to use, like if if I was a filmmaker, I would try and put uh, as much motion behind every shot as possible, whether the camera's moving or not. Uh, so for instance, if I was just filming you sitting here right now, right. I would have the TV playing behind you like it is, the last so that Jedi. there's something, okay. the last Jedi, <laughs> so that there's something that attracts your, your view, there's always something to look at, yeah. and that's important. I, but, and um, that actually is kind of, like this room in particular, where I want plenty of things, obviously, yeah. for people to look yeah. at and, and or interact with, uh, as far as art. Something's always on on the yeah. TV. It's usually a movie. Yeah. Because I'm a nerd. Yeah. TV show. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. But, but, but so like, but Man of need... Steel, I liked. I just felt that the, it, it, he needed to frame a shot and hold the camera steady more. Uh, and I also felt like the last half an hour of the movie was just one big climax that felt like it was a CGI cutscene from a video game. And I do get annoyed with that. <laughs> visual effects are great, but visual effects can't be the entire story. Right. You know? So, uh, on one hand, I think Justice League suffered from utilizing too much of the visual effects action sequences instead of character development, you know, where I feel like Avengers Infinity War had more character development, even though they were utilizing a lot of visual effects. I you understand know. that. Like, that, Thanos that, was that, a really compelling villain. Tha I think what they did with Jack Thanos was great. Josh Brolin did amazing. Yeah. Everyone did good so, in that movie. It, it's a good movie. Yeah. It really is. I couldn't believe that they put it Comic book fan... Bias aside. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, fine. just as a sci-fi film, they just, it's a good film. They pulled it off. It's hard to have a story on that level with that many characters and still make an interest, I mean, interesting. Like, there's not Dog one... friendly podcast. <laughs> Take the toys away. I don't think there was one moment in that movie I was bored, you know? No. It kept, kept you entertained, kept you engaged. Yeah. Everything was very visual yeah. and well done. The story was well done. The actors are all phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The way we've gotten to know all these characters and knowing it was building up to yeah. the gauntlet and Thanos and the snap. It's the same thing with uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. I couldn't believe that they pulled off a sequel that was as good as the original. I agree. 
I think the original, of course, you might be more inclined to say was better, but that was just your first introduction. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like your first. I, this one is hard. Love, it would you know be hard I mean? to choose because they're both <laughs> so entertaining. But they're both highly entertaining. Yeah. They both feel like they're again continuity and everything. Yes, carries absolutely. You should have heard the audience because I went and saw a sneak preview of, of Ant Man and Wasp. That, without spoiling anything for your your listeners, man, but that <laughs> a true Marvel fan sits through the credits every so, time. Every time. How do people not know this yet. So that first uh, uh, post credit sequence, the entire audience went, oh, "What?" And I was just like, "That's right." Wait, you didn't see that coming? Of course, it's going to tie, tie in. it in. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm overly excited. But we don't have Avengers for until hey next year, next next oh, May. Till next May. Quiet, you. <laughs> next May they Dog come out. The podcast. <laughs> and Captain Marvel again comes out uh, before. I, yeah, before that will come also, out. I think like in February or March. I'm just not acquainted enough with. You think so? This next phase. Is that? I think the dogs have an opinion on this. They want to want to weigh in. I think they want attention and the toys and. Oh, you coming with your head down? I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I interrupt your show? Good girl. Um, going back to Comic Con though, uh, did you? You're not a Venture Brothers fan, are you? I'm not a very big fan. If it, if I'm watching Adult Swim and it's on, I'm not going to turn the channel. I'm watching it because um, they they finally launched they, a trailer a for season trailer seven. for season seven of that, which I did watch. Which starts in August, and I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm a, I love that show to death. What did you think of the Godzilla trailer? Oh, that's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. I was a little hesitant, yeah. but I'm interested. It doesn't look like it's got <laughs> the emotional weight of the 2014 Godzilla movie, but I'll tell you what it does have. It has Godzilla, it has Mothra, it has Rodan, and it has King Ghidorah. So I'm very excited. <laughs> They're pulling out several of Godzilla's Huge guns. Kajus there. Which man. we haven't seen in any of the remakes. No. No, those at are all. just yeah. So they hinted at it at the post-credit sequence in Kong Skull Island, which came out last year, which I enjoyed. And you know, speaking of Captain Marvel, that was a good yeah. That. She was yeah. in that too, Brie Larson, and that was a good movie. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it too. that movie. Loki's in it as well. That's right. Fuck, six degrees of Marvel That's cinematic funny. universe. Well, what's interesting? Maybe they're in the Soul Gem during. Well, you the think so, but a lot of people are working both angles now. Like Lawrence Fishburne was in Ant Man versus Wasp, but he was also in. Man of Steel and Batman versus Batman uh, v Superman. Uh, Perry, Perry White. Oh, Perry White. Perry White. And then, uh, you know, Perry Chris Winkle Chris Blue. Evans, uh, he did, uh, aside from Fantastic Four and Captain America, he was also a member of The Losers, which was a DC Vertigo title. Uh, Josh Brolin was Thanos and uh, Cable. And Deadpool 2. And and then uh, he's also Jonah, he's been Jonah Hex for DC. So, like... A lot of these actors seem to like be working yeah. both angles, you know. So there'll be six degrees of Marvel and DC. You'll which be able to trace is, is any fine. actor. I'm fine. Fanboys' heads just exploded yeah. on the internet. <laughs> I just to think, uh, uh, what else I saw from Comic Con, but I mean Glass. Yo, Glass looks the, so good. The biggest thing, and I wow. I was unaware that Split was a direct sequel, right? Breakable until the very, the very end, end of Split. And speaking of. Well, Split came out uh, from Universal Films, uh, Universal Pictures, so I didn't 
Uh, of course, I didn't think anything of it being a sequel. I just heard it's the first movie M. Night had done since maybe Signs that was worth a damn. Yeah. So I went, you know, I checked it out, and then that last moment I was, like, blown away. They actually had to get permission from Disney, from Touchstone Films, to use the, the Unbreakable character. And nice. probably Glass. So Glass, it'll probably be a joint Universal Touchstone kind of co-production. I don't care. I don't care. That trailer, it, it wow. It looks amazing. Because I thought Split was as amazing. good as Mr. Glass is a great yeah. super villain. Bruce Just, Willis, the way he plays the, the strong mm-hmm. superhero type, I'm excited to, to see how he portrays that after all this time has passed and yeah. he's been able to hone those skills. Yeah. And the Beast, the Horde. Mm. James oh. McAvoy, man. I don't know. That's good so to, good. Yeah. I mean, did you... Um, so I mean, you how how would you rate Split compared to Unbreakable? I think Split's a, a more engaging movie. It kept me more on my seat and kind of waiting to more figure intense, out yeah. what was going on. Definitely yeah. more intense. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed Unbreakable because yeah. it was so different. And I think Split gave me a new appreciation for Unbreakable because yeah. the second that scene ended with yeah. Bruce Willis, yeah. where he's in the cafe, Glass, yeah. called him Mr. Glass, and he he's sips like, his oh, coffee. Man. I instantly was like, Shyamalan's starting his own fucking comic book yeah. universe. Yeah, that's the beauty he's of Unbreakable. Got, he's got a supervillain, a superhero, and a new fucking bad guy. Yeah. Like, let's roll. That's the beauty of Unbreakable <laughs> is you're watching it for the first time, you don't realize you're watching a superhero movie. Yeah. And then it turns into a superhero movie. And then you watch Split, and you think it's a kind of it's going to be a psychological horror film, and instead you're watching the origin of a supervillain. Yeah. You know? Fantastic. Uh, and I like how the girl from... Split is, is also, also in, in glass. glass. You see her in the trailer. Yeah. You see Bruce Willis's son. Uh, I yeah. don't know the actor's but name, all but the actual up. kid yeah. is reprising his role. I'm not a big Sarah Paulson fan. It depends. She, I like her. It, I just well, don't like said, American Horror Story. It depends. Story. Yeah, it depends. But it looks like she's going to pull this character off yeah. very well. You know, Cinematography looks awesome. James McAvoy's a beast, like yeah. galloping yeah. across the fucking lawn in front of the hospital. Oh, he was so. I'm surprised uh, he didn't get an Oscar nod for Split, because he was so impressive in the different roles. Man, they really were individual characters. It was you know? absolutely was convincing. Surprisingly, there has not been a trailer, so I don't know if they promoted these at Comic Con, but I would think they would have. There wasn't a trailer for New Mutants. New Mutants, uh, which is set in the Marvel Mutant, the X-Men right. continuity, was supposed to be out this November, but they pushed it to February. And that was kind of the horror-type X-Men movie, right? Yeah, they're, Mutants, they're adding right? definitely a horror element to it. Now, New Mutants has always been slightly different than the rest of the, uh, you know, the X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, that kind of thing. Uh, but this looks like it's going on a whole new approach, which I'm, I'm anxious to see. Uh, but again, uh, I, I would uh, assume that there would have been a new trailer. I was honestly kind of hoping for a Captain Marvel teaser. Yeah, no teaser for Captain no, Marvel. There was really nothing for Marvel at all. I was, had something in Hall Iron, H, Iron, Iron Fist. Iron Fist was about it. I'm also Venom. I mean, that's not the MCU. I, no, surprisingly, it's not. Even though it's we from did Sony. have some Comic Con content. Sure, from Venom. What I've heard though is that so far Sony is going to keep Venom in their own continuity, but there is always the possibility that if it if it becomes a franchise, eventually it'll cross over to the MCU. Only in that Spider-Man Peter Parker could show up in a Venom movie. Right, Venom wouldn't show up in Avengers right. Four. Right, but Tom Holland very easily could cross. If over. we're lucky, hopefully, yeah. is in this Venom movie, and that's fine <laughs> because we've seen. 
We've seen Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist crossover, and we've seen the Punisher come and Elektra come from that, but we're never going to see those in a, guys in an Avengers movie either, and that's fine. It's fine. It is a little bit of a bummer. I it is. I would like to, but can you imagine how hard that would be? Well, and maybe they if they do a Secret Wars movie. If they ever do a Secret Wars movie... That would be fun. Well, you know, eventually, eventually uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and, and all those guys, eventually they're going to stop playing those characters. So it's a question of, are they going to recast them and just continue the continuity a la James Bond? Or are they going to just have them retire and then that way bring in characters from the TV shows in the I think it's the latter. I and think introduce new characters absolutely as well. Gonna, Tony Stark will always be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. in the Disney MCU. Yeah. And hopefully not anytime soon, but, you know, God forbid when he passes. Yeah. And 20 Marvel films come out throughout the years and they mention Tony Stark <laughs> and like show a picture of him mm -hmm. and it's fucking Robert Downey Jr. You're like, God damn right it's Robert. Yeah. Fucking A. Because I don't think he's got, I, I, I wouldn't so, be a bit surprised. I think if, they'll, that'll be the cont continuum continuation. From there. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if, if his last film for the Disney MCU is is the next Avengers. I thought it was going to be Infinity all. War. Yeah. I thought He's been doing it for 10 years. It was a coin for me. It was a coin toss between Chris Evans and Tony Stark. I'm not ready to see Cap go, so, though. I mean, I love I love Iron Man, but I'm a bigger Cap fan, and I don't want I to I was see way Cap more go. familiar with Cap from the shitty 1990 Captain America movie. Which I, I have the Shout Factory special release nice. on Blu-ray of that. <laughs> Stink. Fest. I loved it as a kid, though. Oh yeah, but it's a terrible, <laughs> it's terrible horrible. movie. But what did I expect? It's from the director of Cyborg with Jean Claude Van Damme. So it's you, know, you knock in Cyborg, you, you know, get what's going there. I so Shout Factory put that out on Blu-ray, and I picked that up, and holy crap, it's fucking terrible! It's huh? terrible. <laughs> it's an interesting concept. No, no, no. It's, it's pretty not. much everything He's, about yeah. it. it's terrible. The uh, editing, the acting, the music, the music, cinematography, everything about it's pretty terrible. But you know, I, I'm addicted to these um, specialty titles, these companies like Arrow, Criterion, uh, which we talked about before, Shout Factory, right. Scream Factory. Like right now, they're having the Criterion sale again at Barnes & Noble. I've only been able to pick up two movies. I picked up The Night Porter and Dragon Inn. And Dragon Inn is phenomenally good. It's from uh, a, a Chinese director who'd moved to Taiwan. His name's uh, King Hu. And he uh, really changed how the wuxia style of martial arts films are made. You know, the, like Crouching Tiger, okay. the Dragon, yeah. uh, House of Flying Dagger, Hero, nice. uh, Ashes of Time. Those are those are wuxia films. And he did a couple in the '60s, Come Drink with Me and Dragon Inn, which kind of set. Uh, they weren't taken seriously before then. They were just kind of cheap. It was martial cheap arts. Films, just get them out there. And he added an artistry to them. And then the, the, the masterpiece is uh, A Touch of Zen from 1971, which I picked up the criterion of that two years ago. And I just rewatched it. I mean, it's like a three-hour martial arts epic. It's brilliant. It's beautiful to look I, at. I need to delve into martial art flicks a little bit more. The, the Wushu films are a lot of fun. Uh, if you ask me about my martial arts, favorite martial arts film, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. Yeah, no, I would agree. Those are definitely martial arts, man. I'd have to say Enter the Dragon, even though it's a Hollywood film with, with Bruce Lee and yeah. John Saxon. I freaking love that movie, man. It's like 70s quintessential exploitation Bruce martial Lee growing arts. up, but it was always like... I never got to see Bruce Lee in the theater or anything. Neither did no, I. He was, this was all on when home did he video. Die? 76. Oh, yeah, he died in the 70s, yeah. Uh, probably earlier than that, 74 maybe. I'd maybe. have to look it up yeah. somewhere in there. 
real early Very on. mysterious circumstances. Really. Actually, well, at first, I think, but I think they've clarified it I now. think they have yeah. as well. But I, yeah, I, so I'm an admirer. Shout Factory has uh, uh, some of his other films. They've got like The Chinese Connection and Game of Death. and um, Which actually they're all really Return great of the Dragon. Movies. But they've got them under their original Chinese names. So like Way of the Dragon is like Revenge You're of the Dragon lose or something. Me. Yeah. But anyways, I, I want to pick them up because they're, they're a hell of a lot of fun to watch. But surprisingly, there were some things that I thought, like there wasn't a trailer for the new X, X-Men movie, which comes out next year. What's it? Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. I, I was hoping there would be a trailer. Is not going to continue? We mentioned, hopefully, last time we talked, we mentioned, hopefully, there would be some Fox agreement with Marvel. And we kind of oh. got that with, with Spider-Man and, and the Luke Venom yeah. and Sony, that was great, but the Fox Disney well, accusation. Here's here's the interesting thing on that, because uh, again, uh, X Men Dark Phoenix. So obviously Wolverine won't be in it because not only is Hugh Jackman retired, but this is still the younger X Men. Yeah, he, he's uh, going to travel from, back in time again. First class and days of exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what happened is uh, a few months ago, Disney made a uh, offer to purchase 20, 20th Century Fox's catalog right. of films and properties. Not just so they could acquire Mar- the, the X-Men titles back, although they want to. Fantastic Four, but... Fantastic Four, yeah. but also so that uh, they could um, have all the Fox movies available on their streaming service. But that means that Disney would also own The Simpsons, Futurama, The X-Files, Die Hard, mm-hmm. Aliens, Predators. Be a everything that they're just going to run into the ground with endless sequels uh, that are unnecessary. Or, or just made mainly just for money instead of, you know, Ridley Scott wants to do one because he wants to do one. Oh, that's great. It'll be like, nope, we got to turn one out every year because we need money. But Comcast <laughs> stepped in. Comcast It'll stepped like in. The, the Predator franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Comcast stepped in, and they they uh, did a cash offer of like $3.5 billion. Right. Cash. Where the fuck did they have all that money? So, uh... They sat on it for a while, and Disney countered with a slightly larger cash offer. So now Disney won. Yeah. So unfortunately, this is happening. happening. However, uh, Paul Feig, who is kind of in charge of the the MCU, MCU. is kind of saying right now that that because I think the Marvel X-Men franchise already has so many ideas of where they're going to go with Deadpool and X-Men and eventually New Mutants and eventually they'll probably get the X-Force out there and X-Factor and Excalibur. So what you're getting at is they're going to milk it for Let this franchise and these actors and these characters run their course, which are all great actors. Speaking of Glass and James McAvoy, he's a fantastic Charles Xavier. Yeah, oh, he's he's great. He's he's, yeah, that's how good yeah. he is. There it he's is. So good. Got it out. He's right there with Sir Patrick Stewart. Absolutely. Here's what I think will probably happen, and it's just a theory. I haven't even really read anything on this, uh, any other speculations. But my I theory is that they'll probably let the current MCU and the Fox X Men series kind of run their own course for a while because they've already got the next two phases yeah. of films Everything's in the world. five to ten years out. So in about ten years, they'll probably do what they've done in their comic book series before and they'll just have a complete universe reboot. 
And when they reboot it, they can reintroduce Tony Stark played by another actor. See, they can they, reintroduce they Wolverine played by another snap. actor. Maybe that's what we'll get in Avengers 4. That's instead a possibility. Instead of being in 10 years. They could. They could fast track Flip it. Because if, if Disney... <laughs> Because before the end of the year, I think, or by the end of the year, I think the Fox back catalog will be Disney. So they could easily do that within the next couple of years. Easily. And I wouldn't mind if they rebooted to just make sure that all the characters are set in the same continuity. That's fine. They wouldn't have to touch the TV shows. They could leave the TV shows as (laughs) they are. Bless you. But uh, speaking of, you mentioned uh, just a moment ago... um, so I think I mentioned the Predator, and it seemed like you yeah. had something you wanted to Have say. Have you seen the trailer for Predator? The I've Predator. S- I've seen it. So they got two uh, trailers now. You, you're not interested? I don't know. I, it looks fantastic. The Predator himself looks fucking phenomenal, dude. Yeah. And gnarly. Uh, Olivia Munn's in that. She was doing an interview for Comic Con, and kind of talking about the practical effects. Yeah. And how much the director pushed for like, no, these these are professionals, these are actors. I don't who is directing that because he uh, was Shane an Black. actor. Shane Black, who was in the original Predator, but he he moved into screenwriting. He and uh, Fred Decker wrote Monster Squad. Fucking love Monster Squad. Me I watched too. It last man. week, so good. Wolfman's got hearts. I, I have the same shirt that you have. Stephen King rules. Nice. Yeah, I have that too now. <laughs> I blasted that on my Instagram it's story so a couple cool. weeks ago. And I love it. I love people's reactions because they're either like, "Oh, I like Stephen King," or because like, they think it's yeah, a legit shirt. Yeah. Or people who know Monster Squad are like. They they'll see the shirt and then they'll say something like I don't know Wolfman's got Nards or something. It's like, <laughs> like yeah, I just did. Yeah. So um, that plus Monster Squad has my favorite line out of I think almost any movie it's when Rudy and he's like going to uh, use the bow and arrow and he's just walking away from everybody in the climax and Rudy where are you going? He's like I'm in the goddamn club, club aren't I? I? Yeah. It's my favorite line, like, man. I love it. He's so great. tough. But, I like um, Fat Kid with the shotgun after he shoots the creature. My name is Horace. My name is Horace. So Shane Black, he also wrote uh, the film Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. And oh, Bob Kilmer, yeah. which was I'm not a huge fan of, but I know a lot of people that love it. I I saw it. I'm not a huge fan. I think I only saw it once, maybe yeah, twice. Same. But it's like uh, Memento for me, which mm. I think is a, a Nolan film. Yeah, right? that's Christopher. Yeah. yeah. And. Sure, it's a good movie. It's interesting. Yeah. It's intriguing. Okay, got my attention, and I've watched that movie and moved on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Shane Black also a couple of years ago he wrote and directed a film called uh, The Nice Guys with uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe that was really funny. I haven't seen that. Really either. good action comedy. Um, so he he and Fred Decker, the guy who wrote Monster Squad with him, wrote The Predator. And he's directing it. And oh, you're Shane my, Black, you're getting he, my interest. He also oh, directed okay. Iron Man three. Here's oh, yeah. the thing. Yeah. Uh, this is a direct. I don't know if if Predators, which I re- so so far, the the Predator movies, every single one of these films I like. There's not one that I want. Like I like Predator two as much as Predator. I like Predators I as much Predator as Predator two. Predator was a great you know? sequel. Yeah. For being removed from the or the origin story or the first film's dialogue and characters. Yeah. And introducing an entirely new setting, yeah, in the in the mm-hmm. city of what, what new. Would be? It's it's L.A. It's L.A. Yeah, in nineteen. But it's in the city. It's not in the jungle. Yeah, well, it's Danny in the concrete Glover. jungle. Come on, I fucking love. Yeah, 
Gary Busey, <laughs> Bill Paxton, yep. Maria Conchito Alonzo. Here's the thing is that um, I don't know if The Predators is a direct sequel to Predator and Predator 2, but I know The Predator that's coming out is. Because Jake Busey plays the son of Gary Busey's character from Predator 2. Are you serious? In this movie. And that's Gary Busey's actual son. Yeah, his actual life. son, yeah. Jake Busey. Jake Busey was in Gary Starship Busey, Troopers. Crazy bastard. Uh, Jake Busey was also <laughs> in uh, The Frighteners. He's been in quite a few films. Oh, yeah. He's Contact, so he's a legitimate actor. He was on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last season. I didn't season. even recognize him in the trailer. Did I see him in the trailer? You know, oddly enough, he, no. barely. There, okay. There's one, and I think in the second trailer... The trailer being like a quick scene, but I, he played the serial killer in Frighteners. Yeah, 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 and he was uh, one of the soldiers in Starship Troopers. Yeah, uh, he was the terrorist in Contact. He's one of those coin actors you yeah. kind of see, and you're like, "Hey, yeah, I know that guy, him? but what's his name?" <laughs> but uh, so I thought that was a cool little link that he's actually playing his father's son in, in that in that continuity. So I know it's at least set in the same continuity okay. as the first two I, Predator movies. I'm interested. And so, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. You've intrigued me. I haven't been dis. Let's put it this way. Where Mad Max and Predator are concerned, I haven't been disappointed with the film yet. Oh, dude, Mad series. Max Fury Road was phenomenal. Oh, it's great. But I love every Mad Max movie. There isn't a bad one in the bunch. Even Beyond Thunderdome is awesome. Fuck yeah. So good. Uh, I'm partial to the Road Warrior and the original Mad Max just because I rewatched them over and over and over again growing <laughs> up. But I love all Mad Max movies. I love all Predator movies. Uh, you know, Aliens, like the first See, two I are love great. Alien movies. The, the third the, and the fourth the are Alien. okay. Those, but for me, I kind of I do pick and choose. I think Alien is a is a phenomenal movie. Oh yeah, Aliens from going from Ridley Scott to yeah. James Cameron. When Wonderful was fucking a job. Filmmaker, yeah. Yes, agreed. Well done, sir. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Alien Three, you could tell was starting to get removed. It's watchable, but it's Alien not good. Alien Resurrection, it's watchable, but it's not yeah. good. And I Prometheus, mean, it's Prometheus is good. It, I, it didn't blow I my am mind, a big fanboy for Prometheus, and I really liked Alien Resurrection. See, and I liked I liked Alien Covenant better than um, Covenant. Thank you, Covenant. Yeah, I yeah. liked Covenant better than Prometheus. Uh, I thought well, Prometheus was good, but Covenant was way you good. You can tell Covenant was a direct tie-in to Alien and Aliens, yeah. where Prometheus was just the foundation. But yeah. I'm not a cinephile, by definition. Right. I like to pretend I am on the weekends. <laughs> but uh, I really fucking appreciate Prometheus and the cinematography, oh, the costume, yeah. the story, the dialogue, the actors and actresses. I don't dislike it. I just yeah. liked Covenant even more. I thought just Covenant was more... It's an alien movie. Excited. Yeah, it was it's more of an alien film. I wanted more Elizabeth Shaw. Yeah. But but we're at, what I mean but. is we're like the Predator films and the, and the Mad Max films haven't faltered for me. Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Elm Street, Halloween, uh, Phantasm, uh, uh, Aliens, Terminator... They have really great movies, and they have good movies, and they have the ones that are kind of like, well, they, yeah. they're they not great. I'll still they're watch them. Halloween 1 and 2. There may be Halloween 3 or, unfortunately, Halloween like, 4, 5, see, I like 6. 4 and 5. I like, I like those because those were the two that really introduced me to Michael Myers. So, you know, it wasn't I was, until I was maybe 11 or 12, I think, 13 at the most, where I finally was saw the 19... Mm, what was okay. this? 1978, right? Yeah. The first Halloween. Yeah. John That's, Carpenter and Linda Wright... Uh, and, uh, no, it was um, Jamie Lee Curtis. No, but the assistant writer. Oh, um, it's 
Regardless, it's neither here nor there. God, what is her name? Because she also helped him with the fog. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. By the way, that's why they're having the new um, Halloween sequel that is dis... It's a direct sequel to the, to the original first Halloween. One. They're not acknowledging any of the others. That's the only thing I'm... The only reason I'm not excited for this movie. But the trailer looked phenomenal. I kind of wish, wish it was set in the same continuity as, as, at as least Halloween the one first two. two. Because um, it's the same fucking night. But but it's for the 40th anniversary of Halloween, yeah. so that's pretty cool. And John Carpenter's doing the soundtrack. Yeah, and he's producing he's it as well. Awesome. And I'm trying to think of who who uh, wrote this thing, the guys that wrote it. Uh, uh, one uh, of them. Danny McBride Danny is one McBride, of the writers, so that's a surprising the other one. thing. And that did surprise me, and I'm not a huge Danny McBride fan of his comedy. Right. Loved them in Alien Covenant. Yeah. Then yeah. heard he was atta- not only attached to the Halloween project, but kind of spearheading it with the other writer and they yeah. actually went to John Carpenter like we need you to be involved yeah, we have somehow this idea on this. That, but we, and we need I think you. he's not only doing the sound uh, the music score for it but John Carpenter is also executive producer yeah yeah. and the thing is I think it's where it's Alien Alien Covenant is where I found out that Danny McBride was a horror fan, fan of these franchises yeah. so that made me very happy uh, to know that well, at least it's a fanboy in you that know? movie and not yeah. being a fan of him as an yeah. actor at the time I mean, I appreciate him in Your Highness. I'll say this for Danny McBride. As a lead actor, he's hard for me to follow. Like, I can't get into that show where he's the baseball guy. Neither can I. But as a supporting player, like in, you know, like Pineapple Express or uh, Land of the Lost or Hot Rod. uh, Have you you seen Your Highness? Yeah, in Your Highness. I'm sorry, that... He's funny. He's good. But your highness is overly his funny. So cheesy. It's way fucking cheese ball. That's why it's so great. But Natalie Portman, huh? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. We can all agree. Not sorry. Yeah. Not at all. Well, I think, as always, we could talk geekdom and nerdum and let each other go on, on rants and agree oh, yeah. and disagree and yeah, just yeah. keep rolling with it. But uh, we are coming up on almost an, an hour, I think, oh, wow. just over okay. an hour. Well, then why don't I just say so, this? Yeah. Uh, since the last time we talked, there has been a lot of really cool uh, stuff coming out in the media. I mean, we got Castle Rock coming to Hulu. Uh, there's, there's, there's just all kinds, uh, like Good Omens, based on the novel by um, Neil Gaiman and, and Terry, the late Terry Pratchett. That television series with uh, Martin Sheen and David Tennant will be coming out. Uh, I think they did a, a San Diego Comic-Con panel. That'll be coming out on Prime early next year. Uh, I mean, just so many movies, television shows, uh, and, and video games to look forward to. And we've got Red Dead Redemption 2 Red Dead coming Redemption. up. Uh, we actually had me. a huge download drop for uh, No Man's Sky, which is ah. the video game that... I totally forgot it's already been two years. It's come out. They dropped a big DLC for it. Next, a big update. That game looks fucking rad, too. Check that out. Nice. You might dig it. But Red Dead 2 is something I'm definitely looking forward to. Didn't want to interrupt. No, no. I was just going to say, I think we can both agree that there is just a (laughs) tremendous amount. We now live in an age where the pop culture we grew up with just, just exploded. Everybody seems to be into it. And I think that we've just got a lot of interesting things to look forward to. Yeah. So thanks, Comic Con. Keep it up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no San Diego Comic Con. Thank you. Yep. Salt Lake Comic Con coming up. You'll be going. Yes, You'll for sure. There. I got to meet David Tennant and Tim Curry and uh, uh, possibly Paul Rubens. I want to meet uh, Lucy Lawless. Uh, we've got a phenomenal amount of people. Carl Urban's <laughs> going to be there. Uh, Ian McDermott, who played uh, Emperor Palpatine, right. he's going to be there. 
which uh, has got a tremendous amount of people coming. Lou Ferrigno is going to be there. Every year seems to be a huge success yeah. for our Comic-Con in Salt yeah. Lake City. And we get a, a big turnout of actors and people yeah. involved in these industries that we love showing up. But this year in particular seems like it's going to be a good fucking year. Well, I'm just throwing <laughs> this out there. If you want to try and get together the weekend of or right after Comic-Con, and I could... Tell you all about it. I'd be a correspondent. Ooh, comic, be, we could do Comic-Con a Comic Con Redux so. with with Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. Throw it on there. I think we'll have to do it. <laughs> When's good. the uh, next episode of the Fan Addicts YouTube? Show uh, you know, we have actually been on a slight hiatus. Uh, As but, has Dead Serial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it happens. Life gets in the way sometimes. But I think within the next few weeks, we'll probably have a couple new episodes. We've been going in and kind of filming two or three at a time. So I would I would estimate within within the next month we'll have a few new episodes up. I know Ben, uh, my my cohort on the show, he's been doing a lot more of the Star Wars podcasts with with his sort of group on, on right. Star Wars fans. So he'll probably have a few more of those up uh, before we get together. But I think we're going to get together uh, to do a review of the films. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Sorry to bother you. Uh, new indie comedy that's getting a lot of uh, generating a lot of buzz. Uh, it's got Army Hammer in it. It's supposed to be really good. And, and Army Hammer's only a supporting player, but uh, I know we're probably gonna uh, have episodes uh, up in time to talk about some of the uh, summer movies we may have missed nice. uh, to keep you abreast on what summer <laughs> movies to check out. So, when your most recent video on there, you were. I haven't seen it yet, but I believe you were reviewing the Mr. Rogers documentary. Yeah, we did a review on Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is it, it, whether you grew up with Mr. Rogers or not, uh, whether you even like the guy or not, he's just he's a fantastic grew up human with him, being. Love the guy. I feel like it's worth everybody should go see this documentary, and it's just so good. And then we also did one on uh, the the film American Animals, which is uh, based on a true story uh, about a robbery that took place at a university back in 2004, uh, rare book library. It's a really impressive, highly entertaining heist film. Uh, I think uh, everyone should see it. It's one of my favorite films this year, so definitely nice. check that out. Uh, Joe, I really appreciate you coming back. Bullshit with me, nerding out. Anytime. Dealing I love being the, on your show. Well, thank you very much. I love having you on here. <laughs> uh, you deal with the Dog Friendly Podcast very well, as we have You're a good dogs girls. snorting and sniffing You're and good girls. napping out. Hey, who doesn't like dogs? If you I'm, don't like dogs, yeah. don't listen to my fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm leery of people who don't like dogs. So. <laughs> All right, Joe, I appreciate you coming by, man. No worries. Good seeing you. I'll have you back after Comic-Con. Absolutely. And that's a wrap on this special edition episode of the Dead Serial Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. In the future, I will continue to sit down with friends and associates in an open environment where we will discuss everything to nothing. I will also continue with micro-episodes. I have scaled back social media a bit, and I highly recommend it. Aside from that, join me next month where we will sit down with Brett G. Jones, son of Casey Jones. He's a husband, father, Marine, Prince Hall Freemason, systems buster, and last but not least, a man-man. The shadow knows.